Welcome to the King Rock Podcast with your host, Billy Beans. What's up, everyone? <clears throat> this is the King Rock Podcast, and uh, it's nearing the end of the year. The season is almost over. We got a couple guests. I'm so stoked uh, to have Jeff Berman on this week. It's going to be one of the last episodes of the season, so it's what, a, what an awesome guest, man. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, you know, I thought you were going to say one of the last guests, you know, before the end of the world, and I was going <laughs> to feel that much more pressure. No, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, privy no, to that information. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, awesome. Neither am I. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm so stoked. I got. Um, I've had. I've had this little album sitting with me for a while. Oh, nice. From thank uh, you. yeah, you. dude. Wiretap Records. I love Wiretap, dude. Uh, are you still on Wiretap? I'm not. No. Okay. But I have a good relationship with Rob. He's such a good dude. And uh, yeah, he's great. And and never say never. You know, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure he and I will work together again in some capacity, at some point in the next couple of years. Yeah. 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 So uh, where are you at right now? What what label are you on right now? And like what you you just put out some stuff, right? You've had some stuff out like for a little bit. Yeah. So the the record, the Cold War record that you just uh, held up was 2018. That was Wiretap records and paper and plastic records actually okay uh split release and then we did a record called oblivion on af records in 2022 uh everything that happened with uh justin and anti-flag obviously had an effect the label shut down along with the band and uh so that record is uh i mean it was kind of at the end of its album cycle anyway so the record is is an orphan technically speaking but i now own all of the oh cool you know the 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 rights the the full rights and everything to it and they sent the records that i hadn't sold yet they sent back so i'm kind of working with put put i've put together smaller kind of piecemeal distro deals with people that i know that have uh record labels like my friend andy at sell the heart records um i might have rob put some in his store so i'm I'm just kind of making the best of a shitty situation from a release standpoint but yeah uh, the plan, you know, when I ended up on AF Records, I thought I would probably be there for, you know, a couple records or two. Um, and so yeah. uh, I'm in talks with with a, with a few folks mm. for the next Divided Heaven record. Um, but we'll uh, we'll cross that. We'll, you'll have to have me back on uh, <laughs> anytime you know, at dude. that point when I figure it out. Uh, but but yeah, right now, no, I'm just kind of, uh, you know, and I always kind of carried my any every label that I worked with. I've always maintained uh, I work hard for yeah. my band and my brand and I take it seriously. So b- whether I'm on a label or I'm not on a label, excuse me. Yeah. I'm still kind of working just as hard, you know, I'm just not footing the bill for everything. So we'll see we'll see what happens, but for right now, uh it's okay to be an orphan for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Dude, the last uh, few things I've heard from that you put out, dude, is like so well produced i mean everything like even this cold war album insane production dude but like even like these new the like the new releases on like spotify or whatever that i've been getting mm-hmm. <clears throat> insane production dude like so Thank well the, the covers are really well done too yeah thanks yeah the cold war record i appreciate you saying that because that was a difficult record to make yeah um i give a lot of credit to my friend charlie stavish who's produced uh, he did the Youngblood record. He did Cold War. He did uh, the majority of Oblivion, and he's done a number of the 
singles that we've been put. We have a new singles collection that came out last week or uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. And um, that was, we were just kind of sprinkling singles for the last year and a half and, and culminating with this. So uh, Charlie Stavish has this fingerprint on more divided heaven material than anybody. So I have to tip my hat and, and gratitude to him for his production value and his, uh, his ear and his expertise yeah, for sure. But cold war, we, um, it was just a weird point where like he and I weren't, we just weren't getting along very well in the studio. And okay. we were also doing it, uh, at an analog studio in, in Hollywood where oh, wow. we were, we put a lot of extra pressure on ourselves because mm-hmm. we wanted to make it interesting and make it cool. And it just kind of dragged out the process. And then he was touring with his band and, was busy for a long time and I was touring a lot. And, and so that, that record took a, a, a long time, uh, unnecessarily amount of, of time, uh, unnecessary amount of time, I <laughs> yeah, should yeah. say. Uh, so <laughs> whenever people compliment it, I'm always like, Oh, that, oh fuck. Thanks man. I, <laughs> you know, oh, I just have to, yeah. get, you know, give out one of those relief sighs. Like, Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You know, yeah, uh, man. Like, like I'm being, like I have an itch being scratched or something. So, thank you. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, and I've been listening to the, like the collection of singles you've been put out, and now you put it out fully on what is is it V or is it five? Is that what either the or title? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. stumbled across. Uh, yeah, the so Oblivion was originally going to be called four. Okay. And it was going to be called IV. Okay. Um, like or intravenous or, yeah. or four. Um, nice. because it kind of had a little bit of that motif to it. And then, <laughs> um, I'm actually looking at a poster about it now, but, <laughs> uh, my manager is obsessed with the phantasm yeah. movie franchise, the horror movie franchise. And, uh, I told him, I was like, you know, I was looking for words that have IV in it that would work as a title for the record. And yeah. I discovered oblivion and he goes, dude, that's the name of the fourth of phantasm movie. <laughs> You, you you can't I didn't even it. know there was more than one. <laughs> yeah, well it's cool that you know that there's one. And, yeah. and he said uh he said like you should you can't do that and 30 seconds went by and he's like actually I think you should do that. Yeah. So I I kind of went with it. But anyway, so this whole kind of Roman numeral 4 motif yeah. for Oblivion existed in the merch and, and it, on the artwork it. for the record. And so for this singles collection even though it's not a, an entire collection of new songs like an album yeah traditionally is um i kind of look at it as the uh the sister or sibling to oblivion and so to have oblivion before and have this one be five it just kind of made sense yeah and uh, and then so with the next record it'll be a fresh start and do a new chapter of something but yeah yeah so we did a limited edition vinyl run that just sold out this week and those will ship in a, in a month and then you know, it's streaming on all the services, but it, it was, I'm glad it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's out there. I'm yeah. done doing covers and all that shit. Yeah. I want to get back to doing what I do. writing songs. Yeah. That's a good point. I've, I gotta have like a core. I like cover songs. I love cover songs. I, me first in the gimme gimme is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, but I have a cut co- like problem with cover bands, dude. I think, it's because we go to a lot of shows, dude. And it's like we see... I've seen you at several shows. Like more than probably I've seen most people at a show. And um, I mean, we've never chatted. That's kind of weird, though. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we might... we Maybe we have in the past. I don't know. Um, I feel like we have. Yeah. yeah I feel like we we've have. had to, I feel like. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, um, I, we we've gone to like like Joey Briggs will play or like um, Derek Envy. Derek Envy was in in your band, Divided Heaven, for a while. Bass player. We were talking about his sexual proclivities before this, before we got. <laughs> no, we were talking about how I was I was complimenting him on yeah being a great uh, just a great person, great bandmate, yeah, um, uh, great musician, um, and I so I jumped to the conclusion that he's probably also very uh, uh, versatile and virile. Uh, <laughs> that's the wrong word to use. Uh, good in bed. Um, yeah, yeah. He's probably a very caring lover. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Man? I know, right? Yeah. He's but like, yeah. that's what you guys chose he's to talk a- about. <laughs> but yeah, he's been a bass player in several bands and we mutual people. And I just I've seen you around at several shows and like I know going to several shows, it's like we see so many covers and they're done usually just either horribly or like just like another take on it. I, I'm just so sick of cover bands. But dude, your the songs you cover on here are really fucking killer, dude. Thanks, man. I yeah. think what you're getting at is that people and bands cut corners with it. Yeah. I think I'd I'd like to think that most of our peers or our colleagues in this music community excuse me. Yeah, it's all good. This bubble water's hitting me hard. <laughs> uh when when we're writing songs and making records, yeah. we're working hard at it and putting in the extra effort in in the trade-off i i noticed a few years ago is that when bands are then like oh we're gonna do a covers ep or like we're gonna release a cover of this they kind of just like they wank it out yeah. you know it's like yeah. it's okay but yeah. it's not as good as their other shit so i i i mean you mentioned Derek. i specifically remember being in the van with him and and nick we were in sacramento and we were like waiting to check into a hotel. It was really late. And we were listening to time after time. And we, we said like, Derek said something. He's like, I, he's like, I never really listened to the baseline. This baseline is really cool. And, and Nick was like, yeah, I like the harmony. And I was like, why don't we should play this song? Yeah. Because we could do it better than people would expect that we could. Yeah. And, and so we turned it into a reality. And when we would play it, it shows, I think people were really, taken aback at how we were able to turn a song that is kind of delicate and personalized for people, like really a unique 80s, uh, you know, sort of emotional track and give it the power that the Mountain Souls could give it or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it, when I said previously that I'm glad this singles collection is like done and out the door, it's because I recognize that I was when I was collecting these songs, a lot of them were just partially recorded or in my mind they were done. Yeah. So I went back to our version of, um, of, of, uh, time after time, for example. And, and I was like, Oh, actually, you know what? Like we need a female singer on there. We need yeah. to do things before we release it so that when it is released, it's better than people expect. It's not just, Jeff, you know, in his underpants and an acoustic guitar playing time after time. We 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 need to ex- exceed people's expectations. So it turned what was supposed to be kind of a layup, an easy layup for a, a release for this singles collection mm-hmm. into like a, a heavier lift. The the con to that is that it just it cost a little bit more money and it yeah. took more time and, and it took me away from writing new songs. The pro of it, however, is that 
it's way better than it ever has any business being. And, and <laughs> it's I think really good. everybody yeah. involved with it. Thank you. We're just, we're really proud of it. Um, and, and, uh, and, and yeah, you know, there's something about like cutting corners that really bothers me. So when yeah. we were, you know, in the van, just like that's a, that's one of many examples that things like this came up, Oh, we should do this or like, we should do this or, you know, dude, you should play a Coxbar song on a ukulele. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah. And, and, and then when I was recording it, my producer was like, let's make it kind of like a lullaby. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's turn an oi song that people are passionate <laughs> about into a fucking yeah. world. Yes. Yeah. Because people won't expect it. And it's not going to be better than the original. It's, that's yeah. impossible. So we might as well make it unique onto divided heaven and try to make it sound to exceed at people's expectations, both in terms of production and quality of delivery. And, uh, and so, yeah, but like I said, I'm, I'm glad that it's punctuated. Yeah. And, out the door yeah that's like like you said like uh you it's very rare to hear a cover song where you're like oh that's so much better than the original but dude i think i think what you've done with these singles and these covers is like you put uh, you could tell you put a lot of thought into it like you cover clean sheets and like even for me seeing the cover like when i'm when i open your thing to go to like on spotify see clean sheets mm -hmm. i see time after time and i'm like i don't know man and the cox bar cover and i'm like i don't know dude I don't know if you should touch those ones. I don't know if anyone should touch those songs. And then I hear them and I'm like, oh, dude, I, I really like the take on it. Like, I really <laughs> dig it. And um, yeah, like clean sheets, dude. Uh, that came out fucking amazing, dude. Like that came out really great. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. That's that's one that um, I was I was working on a song. I can remember because I was in my friend's kitchen. I, I can. It's like dog sitting or something. And I was yeah. just playing the guitar and I was like, this is a good, this is kind of a good like open chord riff sort of thing yeah. I'm doing right now. And then 30 seconds later, I was like, mm, clean sheet. Yeah, I'm fucking, <laughs> I just figured out how to play clean sheets. So I, I, I decided, well, maybe I'll start like closing, you know, the set with it. But, but again, you know, like we had our friend uh, Matsa Rossi, who's a great singer songwriter, very popular in Germany. Yeah. Um, he's only done one tour in the States and it was with, divided heaven so it wasn't as high profile uh in the states <laughs> as he normally is but um yeah. having his uh germanic rasp and his yeah. unique vocal timbre gave a, an interesting element to me just kind of waxing poetic over that song yeah. which is what i i wanted to capture that on the recording because that's the way i did it live and uh and yeah so yeah i, I appreciate it but to your point when you're like oh you should when, when you think to yourself like oh these songs certain songs are sacred yeah once once you commit to covering the beatles at least in my opinion yeah. once i committed to covering the beatles like nothing's too sacred anymore. yeah 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 and uh like i've had this idea to cover eleanor rigby with this very specific drum pattern i've had this idea since 2005 wow and and it it didn't happen until like 20 uh, uh 2019 where nick and i were like no let's let's like really record it like yeah it is in our imagination and uh, truthfully i think that's the best even though it's a cover i do think it's the best song on that singles collection i think that we just fucking kill that and it's the yeah, Beatles. yeah yeah it's not better than the original <laughs> but man it's it holds up and, yeah and, and uh yeah so uh, anybody out there who would consider it sacrilege to do what we did 
I would invite them to give another listen and, and I think they might give us a pat on the back. Oh, or for at sure. Least a pass. No, I, I'm very critical. Tires, I'm so. very, very critical <laughs> about covers and cover bands and all that. And I was like, okay. Like, even like, honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, oh no, dude. <laughs> I was like, come on. I was like, Eleanor Rigby in my life, uh, clean sheets, time after time. I'm like, those, you can't, like, you can't get better than those. But like, I could feel. I could feel the love for those songs in the way you did them. Like I could tell you didn't just cover them to cover them. I could, I feel like mm-hmm. the personal connection and I could feel like, dude, I don't know what you guys did with clean sheets, but the way you guys slowed it down and really just paid homage to it. And like also like really kept it kind of the same. Like you kept it like pretty much the same. And it's like, the way the solos came out and everything, like even like like the patterns of everything. Oh, dude, it came out inst- like I was like, dude, these are great. <laughs> like I have no, Thanks. I could. There's yeah. no complaining about these. Thanks. I mean, that's a long song, and yeah. they play it so fast and just kind of rip them <laughs> into the Descendants. That's their yeah. style, right? Yeah. So it doesn't. And it's as far as Descendant songs go, it's a longer song in their catalog. Yeah. But it, it flies by because it's a brilliant song. Um, me playing that song live at a show, it can drag. Mm-hmm. So m- my producer and I figured out, like, we just sprinkle in some percussive embellishments. We get Matza's voice on there so that it's not just, you know, me, the whiny Jew singing about lost <laughs> love. It's, like, got a little bit more variety. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I kind of dissected the main solo in the middle and split it into thirds and had part of it where the solo yeah, yeah. exists, but I shortened it and then it's so, and then added the, as bookends. And, and then I added this, like what I consider kind of a bouncing soul sort of electric guitar rip. It's like, dan, 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 Yeah. Yeah. At the, the, the last, when the last chorus doubles. And so the part where the song starts to feel the longest, I was like, all right, we can add this and then it'll give it a little bit of a gallop. And yeah, it'll yeah. get us to the finish line, and hopefully people won't be like, "Ugh, my goodness, this is like a long." So <laughs> I, I think from a, I think you know, I, I'll let listeners judge how well yeah. we executed these ideas, but I I tried to put myself into the shoes of a bandmate. If I was in the Beatles and in the studio yeah. at that time, and for some reason they were like, "Oh, Eleanor Rigby, mate." Like, <laughs> oh, for, Fuck these strings, man. Let's do something else. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pardon my terrible British accent. No, it was not. It wasn't like, bad. It wasn't bad. No, I, I would. I would have been like, all right, let's like push it into post-hardcore and kind of see what happens. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, add a pinch of the Strokes and a little bit of Gang of Four and like let's 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 get into it. So it's almost it, got it, like it, a it Depeche like, Mode kind of feel like, to it, also like a little like something <laughs> nice, like yeah. similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and. Um, it was cool to, for Eleanor. It was cool to put some Easter eggs in there. Like, I added a guitar solo, mm-hmm. and the guitar solo is the melody from A Day in the Life. Okay. I read the news today. That's my favorite oh, Beatles song boy. of all time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now, if you listen to the solo and yeah, Rigby, I, it's I picked it up. That. Yeah. Yeah, and then at the end, um, we added. Um, the lyric I, I threw in a, a backing vocal that's doing the lyric for Helter Skelter. Oh, nice! To kind of be like have people throw it off. It's yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. blended in there and yeah, it yeah. plays off. But then the riff that closes out the song 
it's that when I get oh yeah 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 but just slow down so it we were done with that and we're like we just peaked it's not our song unfortunately but I think this is the best thing we've ever done nice so so yeah that's cool. Did you choose these songs? Like, like, were, are they very personally like to you, or like, were you just they are like good choices to make as like covers? Well, like I said, I had this. I I was in a very short-lived band. Um, it was me and and Paul Russo from the, the Unseen. We we were in a very short-lived band in New York City in two thousand five, and we just needed more material. Yeah. And and I had kind of like walked him through this idea and he was into it. And then the band fizzled out before we could ever put it to fruition. Um, so I, I've always had that in my back pocket. The Beatles in my life was actually a song that I was commissioned to write or excuse me, uh, commissioned to record uh, for a friend's wedding first dance. Yeah. Um, and then I just asked her like a year afterwards, I said, you know, are you comfortable if I release this to the public? And and she gave me her blessing for that. Oh, wow. Um, clean sheets. Like I said, I stumbled upon it. Okay. Trying to work on a different song, realizing yeah. <laughs> I was just playing clean sheets. And, and it, that one really became a set staple because you're young Coxbar, a little less so, but also kind of became a set staple. And, yeah. um, when Derek was in the band, we did time after time once he left the band we didn't it it just didn't work with other other bassists Um, so yeah i mean i i i I always used to tell this joke that um like i i got real sick a few Mm. years ago and i was going to see all these doctors and then you know my my drummer suggested i go see this you know like weird guy out in santa monica this like guru guy yeah and he did all these tests, and it turned out that I was just allergic to playing cover songs. And it usually always gets a pretty good laugh like, <laughs> yeah, from yeah. the audience. Uh, and um, and I gotta tell you, man, I, f- I fucking hated until until we like locked in and yeah. like kind of really created songs that were different. Yeah. Like I just I don't want to play a bouncing soul song just like the bouncing souls do. I want to yeah, yeah. play it different. Um, but I think the way that I tonality wise, the way that my musical brain works. I write songs similar to them anyway, yeah. in part because it's such an influence that like it doesn't make sense for, for us to do a Bouncing Souls song. But we're far enough away from the Beatles or Coxbar where we can add our own flavor to it. And so I think it's a matter of kind of like finding the sweet spot. We don't want to do something that's so far out there, but we don't want to do something that's too close tonality wise. And so that kind of leaves us like with a very, very limited sweet spot. So if yeah. we are struck or inspired by something from a song that we love that fits that sweet spot, yeah. then it's worth considering doing. Yeah. That and makes if a lot it of sense. doesn't, then it's just not yeah. worth it. I'm so glad to hear you talk about cover songs the way I talk about cover songs, because I, even like when I was in a band and we would try to come up with something, it's like everyone just shouting out like, well, let's try, let's try this one. Let's try this one. And it's like, you can't, you can't play the band's best song. You can't play like Brohem. I've heard people cover Brohem over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Anyways, <laughs> or even like from California, everybody plays uh, covers face to face, disconnected. Yeah, everybody. So it's like you can't choose those, and it's like you can't choose a song that nobody knows. Like I had a, the drummer kept saying like, 
oh, let's play a Sam I Am song that nobody's ever heard, like a like a random like B side that they never mm. release, and it's like the, that's not the, the the purpose of a cover is to like you want people to like oh they they connect with that song and they know that mm-hmm. song. It's not their like most important. I take I take covers so serious, and I think that's why I'm like just so sick of cover bands and like not only that but it's it's a big difference of guys sorry to interrupt man but it's like a city versus small town thing like yeah so when i was a kid here in lancaster there was Mm -hmm. a local band that would end every set they played with uh stepping stone with the minor threat version yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which is a cover onto itself yeah which kind of if we think about it they take the monkeys version yeah and they minor threaded it. Yeah. <laughs> and they made it into a very different thing than what it was. Completely with the monkeys. different. And then the hardcore bands just play it just like minor threat. And it was cool. And so when I was putting my first bands together, I I too I was trying to find the sweet spot. I was like, yeah. well, if we cover Operation Ivy, we can't do knowledge or sound system. Yeah. And I remember I got this weird bootleg CD in, in like 1994 uh-huh. in New York. I got this CD and it had like outtakes from it was a bootleg so it had yeah. like demos of op ivy songs that i had never heard before i can't even remember that's it. so cool and we were learning one of the songs and then it, it dawned on me i was like no one's gonna know this yeah and there's a reason why this song didn't make it onto energy yeah because it's it's not very good yeah so you know what i mean and and so i get like you're you're in pomona or you're in southern california yeah. and your bandmate says yeah let's play like this random b-side sam i am song yeah. because we're still cut we're scratching the cover itch and playing a song we love, but it's not obvious to everyone. You kind of want to keep it for like your smart folks. Yeah. And I remember we we played a show in, uh, uh, where was it? Uh, Green Green River, Wyoming. Oh wow! And we played. It was just us and one other band, and the local band was like, we usually when we play here, like we play for like an hour. Yeah. That's okay. We're like, hey, we'll play for three. We don't whatever. And they played like a handful of covers and. It one of them was uh, uh, God. What's that band? I'm plowed into the sun in a world of human wreck. Oh, I don't yeah, even yeah, know the yeah. name of the band, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I know that song. Yep. And uh, I, it it dawned on me like you know when they're playing in their hometown, and those people like are never gonna see that band. The closest they're gonna get to experience it is if their friend's band yeah plays that song plowed or whatever it was or closing time, whatever other songs they played. <laughs> um, and so I think like, depending on what your market and what your audience is, it, it works, you yeah. know, like I, I mentioned the bouncing souls a few minutes ago. I remember at one point in the late nineties, they, they were kind of like beginning to like really fire on all cylinders before it kind of melted down and they reformed or whatever. Yeah. And they broke out, they did a version of white wedding. Yeah. That was fucking great yeah and they they i've never seen them do it since maybe they didn't like it but they killed it That's and it was cool. just like again it was their sweet spot it was like their 80s kids so yeah it was like yeah, a yeah, cool yeah. 80s song that they could do differently but yeah. still kind of have it have that pop to it and um and 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 yeah so it, there's a it, it's easy to psych yourself out and be yeah. like oh well, let's let's do a cover but make it harder on ourselves like no i think if you're going to do a cover the the best thing that you can do is be authentic mm-hmm. as opposed to doing it to increase your popularity if you're doing it because you think that what you're offering the song 
is an authentic extension of what you normally do with your art anyway, then that's going to be more rewarding for everybody. The audience is going to be more appreciative of it. The band is going to be more appreciative of yeah. it. Um, and it's going to have more longevity too. So the local band here that was playing Stepping Stone at every show, it's a lasting memory, but it yeah. didn't do anything yeah. for their band. It did yeah. nothing for their band. Um, whereas I think we strategically and wisely covered the songs we did on V in a way that I, I don't know how much it aids or boosts Divided Heaven's mm -hmm. legacy or yuck, I hate using that word, or longevity. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it certainly doesn't hinder it. It's not like a bottleneck for people, you know? Yeah. It, it's like, it's an enhancement at some level. Okay. Yeah, dude. I, I, yeah, I, I, like I said, man, I came, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my, dude, he's going, he's going big. <laughs> Beatles. <laughs> and like, dude, that Cindy Lauper cover, that's a, that's a, that's a big song from like our, from our like growing up. And I was like, man, I don't know if you should touch that one. And dude, it came out fucking great. And you got the, the lead singer Thank from you, Tiny Stills to, to, to sing that. It came out great, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that Cindy Lauper wrote that song, co-wrote that song um, with a man, I think Rob, um, uh, his name's escaping me. Um, but it always kind of struck me as like a call and response motif between two people. Mm -hmm. Like if you read the lyrics, it kind of like, to me, it doesn't like really make sense. Yeah. I mean, the songs don't need to make sense, but yeah, like grammatically, I'm just kind of like, it, 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 maybe she's talking to herself in the mirror and that the person in the mirror is talking maybe it's that yeah, but yeah. i always kind of heard another person and uh i i've come to just really like the balance and blend of my own voice mm. with a good female voice yeah. and kaylin west from tiny stills has a very a great voice and uh she happens to be a female so it, it her register is unique and her her pitch is just like impeccable and she's able to like sing with power, but still have this like slight, like delicate. Yeah. -ness to it. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, at, at times it's like provocative at times it's like haunting and like she, she can just, she does it so effortlessly. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I, I love her music so much. Um, and so, yeah, having her on that song, was, I, I think, I think honestly, she makes the song if i'm if i'm being honest i think we did a really good job of it before but having her on the recording really makes it special yeah it's so, really good thank dude. you Caleb. yeah I'm, <laughs> yeah i'm still that and who was that that guy who was on clean sheets with you what's his name again his name's matza rossi yeah i i looked yeah. him up you immediately him as soon as I, I as soon as i heard that song i was like who the fuck is this dude this guy's fucking awesome like and yeah, i'm, I'm trying to place of, it you know like because i'm like I know every band like how could I not and I'm like it kind of sounds a little uh like the dude from Red City Radio he's got that that graspy yeah yeah kind of like Bluto <laughs> from Popeye kind of voice you know like yeah but cartoony. Garrett's an English speaker you yeah know? and so yeah. like and so is Mata. his English is very good but he's not yeah. a native speaker yeah so his the way he thinks about lyrics and the way that he especially when he sings in English it's just so refreshing. It's yeah, so it gives it. It definitely than, than gives it a different taste. Do. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was, and like researching that song after I saw, like I was like, oh shit, this dude's like German. Like he's not even. And I was like, I don't know. 
I was like, man, I'm so glad to hear from this guy. Like I've never heard from him. And so I'm like stoked to like go check out his stuff later too. Yeah. Well, to bring this full circle and then we can, we can move on from Coverland. But so there's a song on the singles collection called best friends Mm -hmm. that I also think turned out really well. That is also a cover and that is a cover of a Matsu Rossi song. Oh wow. Arguably the, his, arguably his best and most popular song that he does in English. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, there's no, uh, if ands or buts about that. Uh, but we, uh, yeah. And, and Kaylin sings backing vocals. She doesn't have a feature on that track. It's just yeah. kind of more layering with my own voice, but, uh, but yeah, I thought, I think that that song turned out particularly good, uh, on, on that singles collection as well. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, dude. Oh, so what do you got going on next, man? Like what's next for you, dude? Uh, well, my wife and I are getting ready to have another baby. Oh, wow. Congratulations. In a couple months. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm sh- uh, up until the, the baby arrives and, and things, uh, you know, get, get wild again. I'm just, I'm just in writing mode now. Okay. Um, since I became a father, the, you know, the first time in, in 2021, uh, you know, I, I just, I used to tour all the time. Yeah. I, toured so much that it was a detriment if that is even possible Mm -hmm. um i toured enough i toured so much that it became really like wise to do and then i just kind of kept going and and it became unwise from a financial standpoint kind of a psychological standpoint and a number of ways so it yeah anyway i i uh I obviously, you know, COVID stopped touring and then, you know, in the middle of COVID, I had a, a child and a, a drastic lifestyle change, which I enjoy yeah. a lot more than touring. I, I, I'm much happier being a dad. Having said that, um, I'm still uh, very driven to to write songs and to to do Divided Heaven. I would like to do another Divided Heaven record. Yeah. Um, which would be, you know, if the math is right, this would be our, our sixth record. And I would, you know, if I'm going to do it, I want to make it as best I can. So I'm really, I'm, I'm writing now and, um, really trying to refine the lyrics to be, um, as poignant as, as I possibly can be. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm also, I'm doing a lot of like reflection, mm-hmm. <laughs> This, I, I'm going to say this sentence. I'm, I'm going to try to say it without any cringe because um, <laughs> I think I fucking earned the right to say it. But I've Divided Heaven has been around long enough now and I've released enough records that I feel I'm doing myself a disservice if I don't have time to reflect on what worked, what didn't work, mm-hmm. what's... I thought was going to execute really well and didn't execute really well, both from like a, a branding kind of publicity standpoint yeah. and from a songwriting standpoint. And um, I've kind of like gone through my entire catalog extensively in the last few months and kind of graded each of my songs on like how well I think the lyrics had efficacy mm-hmm. and how well I think they could be understood to someone who doesn't know me personally. Yeah. And um, there weren't a lot of good grades on there. Oh, wow. If, I, if I'm being honest, like there are a lot of songs that I consider to be good songs, but mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, if people 
are able to gravitate to them because like the lyrics aren't defined enough or good enough. And so I'm trying to um, really refine my lyrics for this next record to be as poignant yeah. and, and have as much gravitas as, as possible. Wow, so, dude. That's, it's not a very, it's not a very yeah. sexy answer, but no, that's, that's of, uh, the, what I'm getting into. That's one of the best answers I've heard, man. Like that's very oh, like cool. introspective and deep, dude. Like uh, there's not a lot of bands where you hear that they even like go back and even listen to their old music, let, let alone like figure out, you know, what, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What did I like about it? How am I reaching people? All that. Like that's, that's awesome, dude. Like that's, that's like that's fucking really cool to hear, dude. I I haven't heard anyone even say anything remotely close to that before. So thanks, man. Yeah, there's um I won't mention the band. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to do that a lot on podcasts. No, I'll, I'll mention the band because I, I don't know them personally. Yeah. Um. So I I love I really do love AFI. Okay. I, I love that band. At some point in the past, uh, maybe like four or five years ago, I realized that that they have i i don't really know what any of their songs like none of i don't know what any of their songs are about yeah and and that's okay and and it's not a knock on presumably davy who's writing all of it mm -hmm. because the melodies are so good and yeah. the melodies are so memorable that whether he's saying like uh you know whoa 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 or uh you know whatever he's yeah, screaming yeah. at god called and sick today like <laughs> <laughs> like it's so good it doesn't matter what you yeah, could be yeah. like reading recipe and I'm I'm into it I'm there um but sometimes like that that bothers me and then mm -hmm. sometimes I think like maybe maybe a lot of artists get away with writing songs I certainly have that I can say they're about x y and z but if I really look at the lyrics they don't reflect that mm -hmm. I could say they're about X, Y, and Z because that's what I was thinking or yeah. that's what I was like wrestling with at the time. But does the song actually reflect that? And yeah. like, no, no. Like wow. like the first song on my first record is like kind of about like arguments I was having with my dad and also kind of about 9-11 and also kind of about like my relationship with my dad in re reference to his relationship with his, it, it was like, kind of like all over the place okay and i realized i was like just like trying to put words together that like rhymed yeah yeah kind of sounded cool it yeah. made sense i think the song is still great yeah don't don't get me wrong um I, i'm not just dis disavowing it or disowning it but if i was coming to that record as a first-time listener and being like oh i'm gonna go way back and divide it evans catalog and see what was up mm -hmm. you know in 2011 2010 um I'm not sure that that song like resounds with people and maybe it does. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so the AFI thing, I was like, there's a, there's a valuable lesson there. Like as a songwriter, you can always improve your delivery of melodies because it makes your song more memorable. Yeah. That's something that I could stand to do. And, and I've been working on. And then from a lyrical perspective, um, like I think there's there's something to the bands like Hot Mulligan and Spanish Love Songs and some of these other bands that mm. um, are colleagues that are and you know some of them are friends of mine. Yeah, who their lyrics are so literal, you know exactly what they're talking about. There's yeah. no room for ambiguity. I don't like that. 
Mm-hmm. That's like I I view that as a as a as a shortcoming for for those bands. Yeah, it's obviously not affecting them because they're incredibly popular, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they don't give a fuck what my opinion is anyway. <laughs> but um, and they shouldn't. Yeah. But so I, I'm if that's like the end of the spectrum, and then some of the songs that I wrote early in my career are the other end of the spectrum where they're they're too vague and they don't have like memorable melodies. I need to kind of like improve my game on this next record and make sure that I'm like getting more literal crafting melodies that are more memorable but doing it in in my own comfort whatever that comfort zone is this you know the sweet spot that's that's really cool to hear dude and like yeah like uh i'm with you on that like there's bands that i've i grew up listening to like strung out or like voodoo glow skulls two of the first bands i've ever really got into with punk and like honestly i had to go back maybe like 10 years ago and i was like I don't even know what the fuck they're saying. Like, I just know I love their songs. And then I had to go back and, and I'm like, yeah, I know what they're, you, you could, you know what they're saying. You don't know exactly what they're talking about. So I had right. to go back in and like, do like a deep introspective, like, oh, I got it. Like, or like check out what they're really saying. Check out the lyrics. Yeah. Cause there was a time where like right now too, where you, you don't have the vinyl, you don't have the whole thing with the lyrics like how we used to have when we were younger and we could like kind of pick it apart. And like, there was a time where we had like tapes, dude. And I'm not going to, I didn't go read the lyrics most of the time with tapes. So like going back to yeah. vinyl, like it helped out a lot, but yeah, dude, like I, and I had to like, think about like, why do I really like these songs? Like, is it the lyrics first? Is it the music first? Is it the melodies? And then I found like, I really like, Oh yeah, I, I really like melodies and I really like, you know, mm-hmm. harmony melodies and harmonies and hooks and stuff like that and then like even like with um descendants like for the longest time um i've always thought suburban home was tongue-in-cheek yeah <laughs> i thought they were being facetious but then yeah. to find out that they really did want a suburban home and we made fun of that <laughs> growing up like oh fuck the suburbs yeah. like you know like and then to find out like when they put out filmage that they're being serious. I was like, oh shit, that changes yeah. so much. Like it doesn't, I mean, it really obviously doesn't change that much, but it just changes like the whole perspective of like when you hear a song, there's someone who's writing a song and they're writing it for them. But then as soon as that song goes out, it's everyone else's song. And when I was in a band, I had to be really cognitive of that, like telling the band, like, cause we had everyone was like, no, we we're writing songs for us. I'm like, okay, but once it gets out, once it leaves our mouths, like it's somebody else's song. It's not our song anymore. Like someone's going to just make whatever they want of it. So like you could either take it more serious and write something super, like you're saying, like very, like, you know what we're saying exactly. But even like, like (laughs) descendants, like suburban home they're saying exactly what they want you to say, but they, for some reason, everybody thought it was tongue in cheek. So it's like, it's, it's just weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sarcasm is not something that I have ever been able to tackle in my own songwriting. And, uh, you know, my favorite band is bad religion. Yeah. And which is maybe ironic or coincidental because they do have a heavy dose of sarcasm in yeah. their their lyrics. Like, um, you know, you could listen to a song like "Candidate" yeah. by Bad Religion and interpret it as sarcastic <laughs> so and very, yeah. I mean, and yeah. it's, it's it's incredible. 
And then, of course, with Bad Religion, you have great memorable melodies and you have the luscious, most beautiful vocal harmonies in punk rock you've ever heard. So it's yeah. like, it, yeah, it's just like, you know, honey for the soul. But, um, you know, it, when they're not being, it, or even when they, I guess, whether they are or they aren't being sarcastic, um, sometimes I don't know exactly what he's saying or what he's singing about. Mm-hmm. But it's presented in a way that is challenging me to think about what it could be. Yeah. That's difficult to do as a songwriter, but Mm -hmm. it is easy as hell to do as a songwriter. If you're a fucking narcissist and you think that everything that you write is great. And I've had (laughs) periods in my music career where I thought that was the case. Um, Particularly the, the young blood record. There are some great songs on that record. There's some songs on that record that, I think are pretty good, but at the time I thought they were like, like diamonds. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this, this song is brilliant. Yeah, I was yeah. just like so uh, up my own ass about everything. Um, and then you know the record that you are holding in your hand, Cold War, everything yeah. was just crashing down, and I was like, I'm terrible at this, <laughs> and I can't sing. And <laughs> oh I come don't on, know what to do? <laughs> and like he, Charlie would hit record, and I'd have a panic. Like so it. It's it's all it's an it's an ebb and flow, but uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I always say this, and I I think people kind of maybe think it's like I'm being stupid, but um, you know, I, I always say the best is yet to come, and I really believe that, and mm-hmm. I think that each one of my records is is better than the previous, and my way of gauging that is if I'm more satisfied than I was with the previous release, and that has happened. It hasn't happened with. V the singles collection because yeah. you know a bunch of those tracks are not my song. I'm very po- I'm very proud of it, but it doesn't eclipse Oblivion, which came before it. So that's kind of an outlier, but it's a different type of release. It's not a a traditional album. Yeah. But this next record, you know, I, I I'm I'm gonna I, I want to exceed my own expectations first, and then hopefully the the audience agrees with me. And if they don't, you know, then then that's okay as well. Have you ever thought of maybe because I know like we're all in the punk scene or whatever, but have you ever thought of like maybe even like trying to like bounce out of that, like jump out of that arena and like go like do maybe try to go for like a radio hit or something like that? Have you ever thought of yeah, that? Yeah, no, we've tried. Yeah, we've we tried. Um, we with Youngblood specifically, we did a pretty aggressive radio camp, college radio campaign. Okay. Um, and sometimes like residuals of that like residual plays and just mm-hmm. kind of where things end up um i had divided evan has been played on traditional terrestrial fm radio yeah a few times but like never enough to chart um we were played on college radio enough to chart there yeah. not like top 10 or anything but like you know we we would end up and i would get calls from people random places like i'm in bozeman and i just heard (laughs) your song ego and nothing more on our college rate like so it was effective but we weren't able to capitalize on it because it'd be like calgary bozeman las cruces kentucky oh wow uh, miami it it was just like these weird places and yeah and and it it wasn't like we were lighting the the world on fire in those markets but there were a couple djs that like liked the record and they played it and and that was it yeah yeah but the thing about college radio is that like, you know, everything's monitored for the purpose of charting or most of it anyway. Yeah. Um, but when I was in college radio, I wasn't doing it for, 
I was doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a fuck if I had thousand listeners or zero listeners. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's hard to really kind of gauge like who's like how an audience is responding with college mm-hmm. radio, whereas there's like different metrics for ter- terrestrial or XM or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, and also I've tried to do, I've dipped my toe into the pool of co-writes and like working with pop songwriters that have publishing deals with major, I've, I've tried to get into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways that's more competitive than it's, it's certainly more competitive than punk rock because that's where people are actually making money. Yeah. So it's like who, you know, but people are very territorial and kind of protective of their little corner of, of that market share. And, um, but that's, I, I'm, it's on my list. Like I, I came real close again last year. I was going to do something with, um, my friend, Mike Bianconello, who I've, who I've recorded some songs with on, mm-hmm. on Oblivion, he and I were going to do something. Um, and I, I thought that it was going to like really be good, like for our <laughs> careers. I, yeah. I, I think I look at his songwriting and I think like he needs a little bit of Jeff. Yeah. And then I look at my songs and I'm like, I could use a little bit of mic. And so I, I'm still optimistic that something like that might happen next year, but yeah. it didn't happen uh, last year with the original idea with the, I can't get into the specifics of it, but the, mm-hmm. the original ideation uh, didn't come to fruition, unfortunately. But um, yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. I've done this punk thing a long time. I'd like to be you know outside of it for a while and, and see what shakes out. Yeah, I think in this last year, I've been really kind of like... <clears throat> I don't know, man, kind of just sick of the scene a little bit, uh, stuff that's been going on in the scene. And I'm like, I, I don't know where the punk rock is anymore. You know, like I feel like there's people that are punk rock and there's people that like punk rock music. And I feel like, and there's some people that just like the scene of it, you know? And it's like, I kind of thought we were all in this together kind of thing. And like, you, you know, like I thought punk rock was about, uh, you know, picking up the guy who falls in the pit, you know, like let's, Let's do that. But I, I feel like, I don't know, man. I don't know where we kind of got away from that. I feel like the whole scene's kind of got away from that. And it's been like a, a lot of like individualism and like, or like even like I, maybe COVID had something to do with it, dude. And there was like a huge split of, of like, even I see it on, I, I, I mentioned this in a couple podcasts that I've, I've done, but um, like I'll see Russ Rankin from good, good riddance the lead singer like he'll be on facebook Mm -hmm. and he'll have all these hate comments like i liked you better when you weren't political and it's like when When the fuck was good riddance not political (laughs) and it's like i feel like like how i said i was talking about like how i never really kind of paid attention to the strung strung outs lyrics because i knew i knew what they were saying i knew what they were about so i didn't really have to like compete with that or like you know like kind of figure that, that was just already a given like i'm already i'm on your side already but it's like i feel like there's been so many people that have been like in the scene that haven't been paying attention to the lyrics that are now just like kind of getting it and they're you know like the right wing crowd is kind of like now kind of like figuring out oh shit this music has not been about us the whole time and now they're like upset and it's like it's just kind of a weird thing that i've noticed in like the last year or two, ever since COVID, dude. And I think it's even with the band, The Defiant, that I, we, I was talking to you previously before this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from, dude? Like, why why is there a band 
out there that can play that is allowed to play festivals that are like so anti what I think is punk rock. Like I feel like they just started a band being defining the vaccine, like an anti-vaccine band. Like how is that a th- even a thing? Like, it's just so weird to me, dude. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean the defiant, I think it's a weird, uh, truthfully, I think it's a weird and unadvisable thing to hitch yeah. your proverbial wagon right? to. Yeah. Um, I think, and I, I don't want to uh, generalize all the bandmates with yeah, this yeah. next statement. Yeah. But I think anybody um, hitching their proverbial wagon to uh, Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, not the old, not the old, not the. Yeah. The not the good, Kennedy's the good. Kennedy's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this newer Kennedy, who's um, a blatant conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. and uh, anti-Semite, I think that's foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm hesitant um, to kind of give give flowers to the Defiant as a band and as an entity because I think, and, and again, I, I don't know, I I, yeah. I I don't know the specifics of like how all five of them feel about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think it's kind of like a, like I listened to the record. I think it's, it's great. Do you? Like, I, it's, I listened I like, to it and I was like expecting it to be great. Cause I'm like, all those yeah. guys are great, but I listened to it and I was like, this is sounds like, like an old man, get off my lawn. Like but and, that's, that's the, yeah. The, 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 let me, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, no, like no. Yeah. Some of the lyrics, some of the lyrics, I was just kind of like, oh, this is like a little bit, um, a little bit contrived for me. And, and mm-hmm. I can tell that they're kind of like, like itching at that, at like poking that bear. And, and so there's a part of me that's like, well, you know, I'm the bear that you're trying to poke. And yeah. I thought we were like on the same side. And so, like, I, on one hand, I'm like, we don't need to necessarily, um, like, if you don't want to get vaccinated, I'm a lot more lax about it now than yeah. I was at the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that our society and culture should cater to you because yeah. you consider not getting vaccinated. your your um, your like calling card to be like believing misinformation that I'm not, yeah, not yeah. going to accept for that. But I, I will say this, like Joey, Joey Briggs is a, a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I legitimately love him. I yeah. love his family. I love his kids. Um, and they love me and my family. Um, he was one of my favorite parts of my own wedding. He took off his shirt. Uh, <laughs> Does that guy own uh, shirts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. ones um, with sleeves. They don't have sleeves yeah. for sure. No, man. And like we've been, we've been through, we've been through some stuff together. Yeah. Like he's, he's a real, he's a real friend. Um, and uh, so I mean, you know, we haven't talked about it. Yeah. I, I told him that I. Last time I told him, I was like, look, I haven't heard any of the Defiant singles because I'm not, I'll wait for the record. Yeah, and he yeah. kind of like chuckled at me, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, you know, and, and anything that I just said, you know, to you is I would feel comfortable saying yeah. to his face. I would feel comfortable saying it to the other members of the band who I I, I know Greg like a little bit. I don't know mm-hmm. the rest of the guys. Um, but like, I'm certainly not going to be an asshole, you know, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm certainly not going to be. Uh, pardon the pun, a defiant asshole to my friend yeah, over yeah. this. Um, 
but uh you know just just like from a uh, this is a weird thing to say from a branding perspective i mm-hmm. think it's a ill-advised thing to hit your wagon to yeah i agree you don't want to get vaccinated yeah. like cool that's that's fine yeah um and i don't know i'm like for all i know maybe some people in that band are vaccinated and some yeah. aren't I, I i i don't know and i it's none of my business it really isn't any of my business yeah um but i think ultimately having that having that sort of attitude i i think has a limit to mm-hmm. it and i think that statement that i just said is also exemplary and can be applied to punk rock as yeah. a whole agreed totally you know there agreed. are exceptions to the rule but mm-hmm. most people who get into it with even if they're not purely nihilists as humans mm-hmm. <laughs> but their outlook on songwriting and singing about that kind of stuff is yeah um it's it, it's it's bullshit yeah. either like they burn out from it and they you know end up listening to cold play and paying 40 dollars for a beer when they go see him at fucking Wrigley Field or whatever, or they, they, uh, it turns into a gimmick, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like I love the exploited. I have great amount of respect for that band and for, for Wadi. Um, yeah, it was a life changing band for me. Yeah. But like the shit they're singing about, they don't believe that. I don't believe that they believe that, Mm. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're really anarchists or like, they really like want to fuck the system or like, I just don't think they're that deep. Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. they fucking they shred and the music's great and like their stage presence is powerful and because of the correct combination of those things, yeah, they're able to forge a, a decades long career. Yeah, and hopefully they've made a, a good amount of money and ha- have had a comfortable living. I hope they've earned it. Um, it it seems like they have. Yeah, uh, you know, same thing like you know with the with Agnostic Front, like you know that's a band that that's near and dear to me and sometimes i hear what they're saying and i'm like i don't really think you guys believe this it just mm-hmm. sounds cool on record like i don't think you're that fucking tough yeah yeah you know and then for the people like you know the harley's uh crow crow mags of the world who are oh, actually man. that tough and have a proclivity yeah. to just be fucking asshole i don't want to be associated with them anyway yeah yeah, yeah 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 like yeah you, you meet roger murray or vinnie stigma at a show it's like you're meeting like you're not meeting the mafia. You're meeting like the mafia's teddy bears. Like, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. gentle and so kind and so sweet and so funny mm-hmm. and so just like, you know, they don't care if you come in from Mars. They don't. They just they're happy you're there. It's, it's it's really a good vibe. And then you hear, you know, kind of, it's like you with the strong out thing. You go yeah. into like what they're they're singing about, and you know, if if I, I think culturally we we really want to. You know the <laughs> people want like purity, mm-hmm. but like it's just that's not the world. So like we live in a world where <clears throat> you know uh, Roger Murray can be a gentleman and a, and a sweetheart, yeah, and and so kind, um, and also like sing about like atrocious shit and yeah. come across like a badass, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think. You know, like we, I think we can, uh, we can appreciate the duality of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think for me, it was just, uh, it was just disappointing because I lo- <laughs> looked up to every one of those dudes that, that were in the Defiant. And then, like you said, man, to hit your wagon to this, like something that's, it's not even a thing really anymore. Like, 
And honestly, dude, I could give a fuck if you got vaccinated or not. Like, I don't care. Like, I feel like you're a better human being if you got vaccinated, you know, because I feel like you're you have more empathy for other people or whatever. But it's like this whole they're also saying like that, you know, we're the sheep, the, sh- the people who got vaccinated are the sheep and that we're listening to the government. And it's like I didn't listen to the government yeah. at one point in this whole thing about choosing a vaccination. Like I listen to doctors yeah. and people that I care about and I, it's just like a the whole, it's just a weird it's just a weird thing dude yeah. and and I I felt yeah, it's, like it's funny you mentioned that yeah, yeah. my uh, sorry to interrupt oh, my, no, yeah. my friend Brian McPherson uh my friend Brian McPherson released a song um and he's kind of in the same vein as me kind of like troubadour singer songwriter yeah. I've done a lot more full band stuff than him I you know but he's just he's a, a relentless road warrior and uh and a hardworking guy and a good dude and he he put out a song and he, he, there was a caption with the post that was like adversarial. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is about. I was not expecting it to be an anti-vaxxer song. And it, yeah. and it was. Um, and he, it, the, it was kind of like, if you want to, uh, people are already bouncing because I released this song. And if you want to bounce, that's cool. But like, dude, whatever. Yeah. And I listened to it and I was like, you know what, man? Like, I'm going to bounce. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm not upset that you wrote the song. I'm not upset that you feel this way. But I'm... Um, I am upset that you don't tell me I'm not intelligent. Yeah. Because I listen to experts. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can agree to disagree, but no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not stupid. I'm not unintelligent. Yeah. I'm not a sheep. Like, come it's up with so a better dumb, fucking dude. Argument. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, the the adversarial tone of 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 that really that bothered me a lot more mm. than kind of the lofty sort of like. I don't know. Maybe I didn't dive in deep enough on that defiant record, but, but also, I mean, I, if I, I want my friend Joey to succeed, I agree. Know? I, I agree. Well, yeah. and, uh, and I think he will. And, and I, I think I, my prediction for that band is that, um, if they're going to last mm-hmm. and they're going to have, um, longevity and they're actually going to have a career that's, worthwhile then i'm not saying they're gonna have to change what they believe but i think they're gonna have to change their approach to how they address their audience with their songs yeah yeah yeah. um you know and it's 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 weird to hear like dickie's voice is a voice that i've loved for the majority of my life same here man and and he's uh he's sung some of the most uh presumably joe gittleman written lyrics yeah um that I mean, just like brought me to tears. Yeah, so to dude, hear yeah. that that same voice, that could probably like read the phone book and make me cry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing this like uh, presumes stuff about like, oh, where did Lady Liberty go in March of 2020? It's like, well, we're not worried about liberty at this point, motherfucker. Yeah. We're worried about some other things. Um, yeah. So if we want to have a debate about the merits of that, we can. Yeah, but yeah. I understand that you're writing a punk rock song and you're having fun doing it. So I wish them all well. I, I hope I hope the record does well. I hope people enjoy it. And I hope that people, um, you know, I hope that you like, I hope that you go back to the record and find something that you love in it. And yeah, yeah. It, it helps you reconsider your approach to the band. Um, and, and I hope I do too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the thing, you know, like the thing that I experienced with Brian McPherson's song, I think is, is not good that's mm. not I, I that's not what you want uh to do for an audience unless you 
want that specific reaction. And if you yeah. want that specific reaction, then that's what you're going to so you're gonna get, I know I'm long-winded about this shit, That's but I okay, do just man. want to tie it back into Yeah, I released a song called They Poisoned Our Fathers. Yeah, and, I was going to bring that uh, song up also. Yeah. Okay, so it was like... Awesome it was song. timed. Thank you. Yeah. Um, very clearly anti-Trump. Mm-hmm. Very clearly um, anti-that agenda. Um, not entirely like anti-Republican as I kind of intended it to be, <laughs> um, which is a good thing, um, yeah. I think. And... Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a political person, and I'm yeah. an intelligent person, and I'm an edu- I'm a well-educated person. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the school of punk rock or the church of punk rock or, you know, whatever dumb thing that Justin Sane used to say on stage. No, like I've, I'm educated. I'm yeah. Academically educated, and I have world experience outside of just playing and touring in punk rock. Mm-hmm. And I was working on this song and it was originally called come on the flag. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because that's a line from the bridge. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you know, like, why don't we, why is Kaepernick kneeling during the anthem? Mm. The reason why he's kneeling is more important than a pattern piece of fabric that you're going to kill yourself to defend. 100%. So if we're actually going to have an argument or a discussion and person X is going to say, this is happening in my community uh, and we're asking the nation to pay a little bit more attention to it and to help a little bit more. And person Y says, I don't give a fuck about your community. Stand up for the flag. Yeah. I'm going to side with person X Mm -hmm. because I want the betterment of my fellow citizen. Yeah. So with that in mind, my thought was, if you love the flag so much, why don't you come on it? (laughs) That offended a lot of people. That was the point. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Yeah. I'm using my intelligence to say, I'm inviting you to my side. Mm -hmm. I'm inviting you to the discussion. But if you're not going to show up to the discussion about the actual problems, because you're focused on the one thing that is like a, just a blindsided patriotic footnote that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> then we don't have a common ground. Agreed. It's 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 just it's just that simple. There was a band I loved in the '90s called DBS from Vancouver. Um, don't try to tell me that this pattern piece of fabric means that I am free and still use the word faggot in front of me. Oh wow. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Yeah. Okay. But as a teenager, that hit me so hard mm-hmm. and it helped me con- con- compartmentalize how people can be so giving in one aspect of their mm-hmm. life, either personally or professionally, and be so bigoted in another aspect of their life. And that that negative duality, we'll call it, um, was something that I was wrestling with for a long time. And then when come on the flag <laughs> kind of came to my mind uh, in my in my friend's uh, uh, living room in Petaluma, California. Uh, I was like, oh, I, I can build a song around this and have it be a, a narrative and then kind of crap this like father-daughter thing of, yeah. you know, the father voting for, for somebody who's actively trying to take away the rights for his own offspring. Like I, I tried to kind of provide some onion levels to it. Yeah onion layers excuse me and um i think it's the best song i've ever written it's my favorite song i've ever written but i'm proud of the fact that i didn't scoop i scooped low to to 
make people think. Yeah. Not to drive people away. Well, that I think and that's I think good art. That's between. Yeah. Thank you, and, yeah. and I think that's a distinction between like what Brian did with his song and what I did with mine. And I'm mm-hmm. sure. I hope I hope to see him again soon. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. I'm sure when we get together, we'll have a, a great conversation and, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and and I and I I hope that whenever you know I if I ever end up inevitably talking about this with anyone in the Defiant, um. I, I my inclination is that they're coming from the same place that I am, but maybe they just felt they needed to like, you know, like yeah. uh, shove the shiv in with a little bit more, a little bit more force, <clears throat> and maybe we could all learn from each other a little bit more if we we lose if we used a little bit more honey and a little less salt. Yeah. In this. Yeah. Um, but that's hard in punk rock. Punk rock is salt by by its nature. So. Yeah, who knows? I've been trying. I think I've just been trying to grasp like what punk really is in the last. Because I mean, there's so many definitions from it. You know, like the like that's what I'm saying. The Defiant, they think they're being punk rock. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I feel like punk rock is truth, and it's helping each other out, and it's like trying to find those things out and and try to survive together in the best possible way. And it's like, I, I'm just like, where are they getting this misinformation from? Like, for one, it's like misinformed and it's like just not true. So I'm like, it can't be punk. Yeah. Just because you're yelling that something is important to you doesn't make it punk rock, dude. You know, like, I don't know. I like, like you said, dude, I, a huge, I'm such a huge fan of Joey's. And I was just like so disappointed when I just like, seriously, like musically, when I heard the album, I was like, I was expecting wait like this is like an all-star band dude like this should be all-star band level and it sounds like if target wrote a jingle record of like what punk rock should be or like you know like yeah sorry yeah no that's fair that's fair yeah you're you're welcome to that opinion i i i I don't just i don't agree with that oh it's totally cool yeah uh, i give it a better grade than that from a uh from a scoring perspective but but no, I uh, you know that I, I think that's okay. I, yeah. I think the um, I was asked this in another interview recently, and mm. it was a typed interview, and um, I fucking hate those. And I was in a oh, bad yeah. mood already. Yeah. And somebody <laughs> asked me about like what my thoughts on the scene or whatever. Yeah. And I I kind of I gave a kind of brutally honest answer that I never really thought about, and um, I think it applies to the same thing. Uh, about what is punk and what is not. And I don't think any of it matters. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, salt in the wound, it never did. Yeah. And it never will. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's tonality aspects to punk, which are defined. They like musical style. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> this comes up all the time because whenever I get covered on punk news, mm-hmm. the trolls on there, like lambast me for not like for a number of things. Right. <clears throat> and I'm I'm I kind of find it funny. Yeah. And every once in a while someone's like, is this even punk? Like, <laughs> what why? And, yeah. and when I see people say that, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Like I yeah, am, yeah. like I consider myself a yeah, punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like is, is divided heaven punk? Like maybe, maybe not. Like, fair enough. Like, do you think it's worthy of being in on a website or a blog called punknews.org because it doesn't sound punk? Like, yeah, sure, maybe. Like mm. We, we can have that discussion. Yeah. We can have the discussion over a beer or coffee. I'm not going to, you know, get into it with you on a fucking comment board. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I kind of reached a conclusion that, like, 
you know, the punk scene when I was growing up was important. And none of those people are around anymore. Yeah. None. Wow. None of those people are in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, in part because I moved away for yeah. 20 years mm-hmm. and now I'm back. Like, for example, I saw a friend Chuck tonight um, at, an, at an event. Um, but we're in our 40s. Yeah. At like a professional industry event. We're not, we're not in someone's basement like yeah. <laughs> because, you know, our the local band is going to close their set with fucking stepping stone. Like we're adults. <laughs> we're coming at it from a different yeah, thing. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a part of me that's like, <clears throat> maybe the punk scene is just, uh, you know, the, the school cafeteria, um, with a different coat of paint. Yeah. Because there were a lot of bands that, that, uh, this is going to sound bitter. I, I don't mean it as such, but there were a lot of instances in my experience as a kid in the punk scene. And as an adult in the LA punk scene, if yeah. you even want to call it that, where I felt the competition was cutthroat and I felt like we were not favored and mm-hmm. we were um, uh, just, yeah, we weren't yeah. taken seriously by people that I thought would be kind of our tribe, yeah. so to speak. And so I, I wrote in the answer and I'll say to you, maybe it's all a trope. Maybe it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think if if you want to judge the defiant on like the validity of what they're saying and if you think they're insulting your intelligence, that's fair. Yeah. If you want to say, I don't think the songs are actually that good, yeah. a little Target-esque, I think that's fair. But if you're going to go down a rabbit hole of like, is this punk or not, I think you are wasting your time. I because agree. Because it, it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, in, I think, the, yeah, in the grand scheme of that's things, what sent me matter. down this that's whole thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with you, dude. And like, I think that's what sent me down this whole thing. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, why am I thinking like, why am I arguing that this band is not punk? And I don't know. It turned into this whole thing. And I'm like, I might be over this whole punk thing. They're just like, not. I don't know, man. It's like, I feel like where did this we used to have this unity, dude, like, or at least I felt that maybe maybe it was never there, you know? And then I, there's also like this um, uh, thing in the punk rock community where there we just like let dudes get away with being shitty dudes. And I've heard you speak out of uh, out against this on a couple podcasts too. And I'm like, good for this dude. Like my wife heard uh, you th- you in one interview earlier this week, and she was like, <laughs> like way to go. Like a dude is speaking out. Like, and I'm like, yeah. Like we need more of this all the time. Like. So, uh, yeah, yeah, like applause to you for that, man, for, cause it's cool. We'll tell your wife. I said, thanks. Oh, and for I've sure. got some great t-shirts for sale that she can buy. If she's, uh... <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. dude. Yeah. I mean, I think we're kind of dancing around the elephant in the room of, yeah. of Justin, uh, and anti-fag with that. Um, oh, that too. And yeah. it's ironic. I, I appreciate that your wife complimented me on something that I said before I knew about any of this anti, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was and remains very jarring and shocking yeah. that um, I don't know Justin personally, mm-hmm. but I felt like I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, because I loved his band. Yeah. And, and not only that, like in those days where I felt the unity of the scene and I was there with people that I knew and I felt safe. Yeah. Like cystic acne, Accutane, ugly eighth grader with a mohawk that was fucked up and like you know feeling like i didn't belong anywhere like 
mm-hmm. that band made me feel like made me feel in 1994 like I belonged. Not only belonged, and, but like stood up for something and like stood yeah, for something. Yeah. yeah, I agree, man. I agree. I mean, and so like you know, for a band that was you know really like one of my top five bands, like from the moment I saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and on, on top of that, like. I've been really I've been wrestling with this a lot when I walk my dog because I um I I tend to kind of like fall into these rabbit holes of thought where like mm-hmm. I'm I'm out of my house there's no toddler yeah. noise and you know yeah. my wife isn't uh-huh. asking me something and I, I'm just like with Maggie my dog and we're just walking and I think like um I'm actively working on understanding a few things about the Justin situation and that is that um like the positive experience that I just described to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy. He's seemingly yeah. a straight person. Um, so therefore, I'm now aware that the positive interactions that I've had with him at anti-flag shows from 94 on um, were quite different for a number of people, yeah. particularly a number of, of females um, who were not met with that same positive or were met with the same positivity, but it was false. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believed mine was genuine. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, but I, I'm, I'm aware now that the goodness that I got from that band was not equally applied to everybody. Like I presumed and assumed mm-hmm. it was like, we all assumed it was. Yeah. And then the other thing I'm, I'm wrestling with is that, uh, that band changed my life Yeah. better. That band, that band, that band did a lot of good for me personally, politically, mm-hmm. professionally, um, as a songwriter. Uh, it didn't hurt that they're, you know, I mean, with all due respect to Pittsburgh, they're from a fucking shithole and they made it and they made a career for themselves. Yeah. Um, I'm from a shithole and I kind of had a career for myself for a little bit. Like seeing them come from Pennsylvania mm-hmm. was, was, I would not have the same affinity for that band if they were from Providence. Like it just, it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't hit the same. I get it. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to, to compartmentalize. This is, a, this is a weird analogy, but um, Stephen Colbert openly admits that like he can still, he doesn't like actively listen to Bill Cosby, but he can still enjoy yeah. the comedy for what it was mm-hmm. because it helped when he lost members of his family in a plane crash. Like he, that was his, that was what he held on to. Mm-hmm. I never went through anything that tragic, not yeah. what I hope I never do. Um, but being a, being a kid where I was from, being a Jew where I was from was difficult at times. Yeah. And anti-flag made me feel like I had a place. And not only that, they provided me with knowledge that I was, that helped change the trajectory of my life in a overwhelmingly positive way. Yeah. And and Justin is just a part of that. It's not entirely him, um, but uh, I, I have to compartmentalize the positive that they gave to my life from the reality of what they took from other people's or what he took from other people's lives. I should yeah. say, um, and that's that's like a constant. That's a constant reckoning. And I, this is the first time I've talked about it publicly this will be the last time i talk about it publicly like this as well yeah. but um it's a it it's a it's a 
process yeah. for me. Other people can can just go on the internet and say fuck this, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I I can't I can't do that. I can yeah. honor and respect the victims and and do what I can and I have and and I've corresponded with Kristen or or uh, if it wasn't her, it was somebody that she works with with her um, her cause, which is yeah. uh, righteous and and awesome. Um, so uh, my heart and my mind are are in the right place, but. Uh, it's a lot to unpack for yeah. a lot of people and, and, and I'm not going to get there by talking shit on the internet. I'm going to get there by thinking about it and compartmentalizing it and separating myself from, from it when I'm alone with my dog walking Yeah, and, and working. That's well so. said, dude. That's like, like really well said. Like there is no, there, yeah, for some of us, there's no black and white, dude. There's like, there's a gray area. Like, yeah, like for me, Cosby was a huge influence michael jackson was a huge influence there's so many influences i had growing up that now you realize they were fucking monsters dude and it's like yeah. when michael jackson comes on the radio i i don't even understand why he's still being playing on the radio you know but i'm like and it hurts it hurts to hear it it's like fuck dude yeah this person had so much influence on my life like i fucking loved michael jackson dude bill cosby was like that was like my first introduction into comedy when I was like five or six listening to the fucking himself, that album, the whole stand-up routine. Like I know it verbatim, dude. So it's like, and the Cosby show, we fucking grew up on the Cosby show, dude. It was yeah. most of our introduction as a white suburban family to a black family. Like uh, that was a yeah, lot of our introduction right. to that. Like yeah. That. Yeah. So like that was that, my introduction to yeah. and saying like, oh, they're, they're fucking people like uh, everyone else, you know? So and now it's like just to have that. It's just it, it's a hurtful thing, dude. Like it, it just caused me and Michael Jackson. And I'm, I'm sure what you're going through with uh, anti-flag, dude, it's like how it's hard to come to grips with that, you know, like what to do, how to how to act. But I think I think you're coming about it like perfectly, dude, like. Well, thanks. I appreciate. Yeah. It. I, I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think it's hard to realize. Like, how do I say this? I. I don't think it's difficult to realize what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's difficult to realize what you should and shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like you know, there are colleagues of mine that just like. They, they chose to just like fuck this, fuck that, and say everything on the internet. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just, I, I mean, cool, that's your opinion. You're posting it on something that's going to disappear in 23 hours. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if that's if that's all it takes is just posting something that's going to, it's a fart in the wind. It's, it's like after 23 or 24 hours, it's just gone, and that absolves you of it. Then, cool. I, I'm not like that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not with this band. I can't just, I can't be that dismissive. Yeah. I, I'm, I need to actively work through it. And, uh, I'm not a single dude with tons of time that can actively work <laughs> through this stuff. I have yeah. other responsibilities. So I've actively worked through it when, um, when I can and, and having conversations like this or having conversations with close friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is the first time that I've talked about it publicly and will will probably be the last. I don't need to explain myself anymore, yeah, but, uh, for sure. But uh, no, it's it's um, hell of a thing. Yeah. 
Well, dude, I I really appreciate you being honest and having a like just a full on conversation with me, dude. Like we've never uh, we've ran into each other several times, but like um, I, I feel like this whole punk rock thing, like that's what I've always felt like we're all family kind of in a way. So um, just it was really cool having an honest conversation with you, dude. And um, probably one of the better conversations I've had during doing this podcast also. So um i cool thanks yeah we're, we're almost at an hour and a half dude <laughs> which oh, is well yeah let's let's keep it brief you can yeah yeah whatever you need but yeah, no I, um no dude um tell us what where we could find you um where we could what's what's coming up next and all that dude you can find me in half <laughs> uh, no um <laughs> if you look anywhere on the internet yeah for divided heaven see a bunch of old black and white photos that's the movie divided heaven yeah that's not me <laughs> um if you uh look on the internet for divided heaven you see a bunch of upside down crosses <laughs> that's that's your boy no um <laughs> at divided heaven across all social media and streaming cool. platforms uh you know at this point if you you know oy vey. if you, if you <laughs> google divided heaven and you can't find me i right i can't help right. you i just yeah. i can't I, I whenever I listen to podcasts and people are and they're like oh you just like time to get your plugs in get your plugs and everyone's yeah. like plugging all their shit and I'm just like I'm like yo like could you make it any more I know. confusing I yeah. don't, I just don't even but it, oh like gosh. also at the yeah. same time if you can't find like if I shouldn't even have to do plugs but I do it anyway like I I want someone no, to, you I, know I, but it's like if you I can't know, find the dude I'm talking to right now. Like, <laughs> if you can't find out his stuff, I don't know. I there's no helping you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I failed recently at at the mom. I developed this thing called the mom test a few years ago, where it's like, if I post something on the internet, yeah, that's like a specific like directional thing, like go here for the tour dates or yeah. pick up our new record here. And my mom or someone's mom, i.e. a boomer, a baby boomer, cannot easily figure it out with a few clicks. Yeah. Then I'm doing a disservice <laughs> to myself. Yeah. Um, because Spotify like shows you your metrics and like I've mm -hmm. I'm now skewing younger, I think, oh, wow. this year, but normally normally I skew like a little bit like my age, which is like thirty-five to forty-five, and then a little older. Yeah. Um and so I'm always like, you know, not everybody in that age group is like as proficient on certainly social media and mm -hmm. apps and things like that. Um, so I try to make my stuff kind of like dummy proof. But uh, but yeah, so I, I, I figured the next time somebody asks me, I'm just going to say like, yo, if you find a bunch of shit about a 1964 German movie, <laughs> that ain't me. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. anything else, if it's not that and it's divided, yeah. Evan, it's your boy. It's you're 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 getting warmer. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, I'm uh, I, I'm looking forward to the next album. And then if you're ever out here, dude, I'd love for you to do a little acoustic or something in the studio. Oh uh, yeah, man, for sure. I wish we could have done it when I was out there a couple months ago for uh for a couple festivals. Um, yeah, I, yeah. we should I should have planned better, but I, I didn't. Um, good, but yes, huh? I'll take you up on it. Thank Hell you yeah, much. awesome, dude. And awesome, man. And congratulations on um having another kid. And I hope everything goes great for you, dude. And and uh, Dude, let me know so if much. you have anything yeah. to plug any anytime. Um, I think this, like I said, there might be just maybe one more episode left of the season and then on to the next. I'm trying to take a couple months off. I need a breather, dude. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah, I've been yeah. there. I've been there. I've been uh, hustling no, I, this I year. Think, <laughs> yeah, I think if you can just like, um, since we talked primarily about about five, just just like 
add some links to the Spotify oh, for, for sure. that record if you can. Always. And the only other thing I was gonna I was gonna say, um, I was thinking about this on my dog walk earlier. I was like, if we talk about if we talk about this anti flag thing, I can hear my <laughs> I can hear my attorney saying what I'm about to say to you. Yeah. Uh, keep all of it in the podcast. Okay. I think the only thing the only thing I ask, uh, I mean, keep all of it for timing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Pull out. I was the only thing I'm going to ask is um, the condition that uh, don't pull anything I say. Yeah. Like as a standalone quote. Okay. Um, or as a video clip or an Got audio it. clip. Got it. If people want to know what I have to say about it. Yeah. Um, and I was happy to share it with you and with your audience. Um, they have to sit through my uh, my long windedness. Yeah. To get the whole <laughs> the whole thing. I just I just. Uh, yeah. I my I could hear my attorney saying just make sure you know don't don't let them like take anything out of yeah it. any clips so, so even, yeah I don't yeah, like doing the just, clips because like I've had people take them out of context already so I'm like just listen yeah, to the yeah. episode man like you'll have fun <laughs> it's like there's a, yeah, usually yeah, pretty no, good it's all good man all good all right well thank you so much for having me I really dude, appreciate it I, I appreciate you making the time dude yeah man yeah uh, I'm sorry I couldn't tell you who that song was about it's all good maybe, maybe <laughs> <in>, no. <laughs> alright man have a great one dude alright too take all right, care man, man. peace Bye. awesome dude that was Jeff Berman from Divided Heaven such a good dude man like very uh, very well th- like he's very thoughtful very um I mean that that's that's the word I'm gonna use. Thoughtful. I'm not even gonna try to find another word. Thoughtful. Um, his uh, I love his music. It's it's really good, dude. I I don't know how to describe it. He's described it as um, Tom Petty with an attitude, which which would make me think if I heard that quote. Uh, thoughtful lyrics, um, catchy, good songwriting, and. Uh, yeah, with an attitude, that's fucking cool, dude. I love Tom Petty. Tom Petty's one of the greatest. So, dude, please go check him out anywhere you can. Um, like I said, this this season's coming to an end, dude. Um, what a fucking season, dude. I just want to thank all the listeners and all the guests. I know you guys are you guys are listening to the guests and not me. Hopefully, one day, you know, you guys could could be like, "Hey, dude, that guy's not bad." But um. I, like the guests have been amazing this season, dude. I've uh, it's been a dream come true to talk to some of these people, uh, Milo and Jay, Jay Bentley. Actually, everyone that I've talked to has been uh, incredible, dude. And I've I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from different people, and uh, it's been really fucking cool to have this platform to be able to talk to people and try to get you know promote people and try to get their voices be heard and get out there is even more than they have. I know they have their own platforms and ways of doing so. And this is just another way for them to like, you know, explain themselves or like talk about what they got going on and what's going, going on and in the scene or whatever. So, um, dude, uh, I'm going to take a couple of months off uh, after this season. I think we might have one more episode. Um, if not, then I'll, I'll see you guys in a couple months, but, um dude we've charted top 200 in the usa europe it it, that's insane to me dude there's so many podcasts there's millions of podcasts and um so stoked that you guys have listened i hope you guys really enjoyed it and had fun and uh look forward to next season dude and 
And shout out to Costa Rica, man. <laughs> you guys have constantly been, we've been top like 40 of Costa Rica on the charts. So uh, that's incredible, dude. I've, I've never even been there. I don't know anyone from Costa Rica. Costa Rica, I love you. Uh, Ireland, top, top 60 recently. It's incredible, dude. Um, everyone listening, thank you so much. And have a good one. Thank you for listening to the King Rock Podcast. If you don't like the King Rock Podcast, go blank yourself. Thank you for listening to the King Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever source you are listening to this on. Whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor FM, or others, it really helps out the podcast a lot. Thank you very much.